It's not Tom Vilsack's first stint as agriculture secretary. The former Iowa governor served in the post in the Obama administration. And both times, he has faced the challenges of trying to remedy the USDA's history of discrimination in its dealings with black farmers. Over the past century, black farmers have lost 90% of their land, in large part a result of decades of discrimination by the Department of Agriculture. They were denied loans and aid available to white farmers. USDA administrators threw their forms in the trash, many have said. The discrimination personal and crushing. The agency was more than six times as likely to foreclose on a black farmer as it was on a white one. And according to the USDA, just 1.3% of the country's millions of farmers are black. This past year, predictably, the COVID crisis has disproportionately affected black farmers. And now the USDA is set to provide debt relief to socially disadvantaged borrowers through the American Rescue Plan Act. The plan offers money and direct debt forgiveness and also some funds to increase support and resources. Those resources include technical assistance, training and education, legal resources, providing funding for agricultural research and education at historically Black educational institutions like Tuskegee University, and establishing a new equity commission. Disadvantaged farmers say the relief is justice overdue. Some white farmers and banks have objections. Tom Vilsack, representing the Biden administration, finds himself in the middle of a contentious debate and not for the first time. Thank you and welcome to Equal Time, Secretary Vilsack. Nice to be with you. You served in this job and what an important job in the Obama administration. Uh, And even then, there was some criticism that not enough was being done. uh, And even considering that you did have those Pickford settlements after the Black farmers sued over racial discrimination by the USDA uh, in its allocations of farm loans and assistance. So many then said that the compensation was too little too late. So I wanna ask what will be done to guarantee that this aid uh, for black farmers does not fall short? Well, I think it's uh, fair to say that this is the beginning of the beginning of an effort uh, to make sure that we have a fair and equitable USDA for all producers and particularly socially disadvantaged producers, including black farmers. Uh, This is a first step uh, and it's an important step uh, for a couple of reasons. It reflects the department's appreciation and recognition and and Congress's appreciation and recognition Uh, that there has been a cumulative effect of discrimination over a period of decades uh, directed at socially disadvantaged producers, which has meant that they've not been able to access the full extent uh, of USDA programs, which has made it more difficult for those uh, producers to thrive uh, and for those producers to expand their operations, to be able to have the latest and best equipment, uh, to be able to uh, have yields and so forth that allow them to be successful. Uh, So the first step in this process is to uh, provide debt relief, which we are beginning to do right now. Letters are going to be sent out to uh, these farmers who have direct loans with USDA, where they directly borrowed money from us for uh, purchasing a farm or for operating a farm or for uh, creating creating a storage facilities on the farm. Uh, And we'll also be looking at at, uh, lenders or borrowers, rather, at USDA who received a loan guarantee from USDA when they went to a private bank uh, to secure a loan, USDA would guarantee that loan. So it's a universe of somewhere between 15 and 18,000 borrowers uh, who will receive debt relief under this uh, under this act of Congress. Uh, and this debt relief starts with a letter 
which will be sent out to black farmers and to uh, Hispanic farmers, Native American farmers, Asian American farmers, uh, advising them of the level of debt that is going to be forgiven. Now, these letters are very important because not only are we going to retire the debt, we're also going to provide these farmers with a check for roughly 20% uh, of the total indebtedness that's being relieved. And that 20% uh, is designed to provide help and assistance to farmers to pay whatever state or federal tax might result from this transaction. So we want farmers to basically take a look at this, uh, at this number, uh, at this debt level, and make sure that it's correct. And if it's correct, we're asking them to sign a letter back to us. And then once we get that letter back from the farmer, we'll begin uh, eliminating the debt, uh, relieving the liens, and then sending out the check for 20%. Uh, now, to your question, uh, you know, how do we make sure that this basically satisfies? Well, it, it isn't uh, all that we need to do uh, or all that we should do. Uh, and there's another provision uh, of the law that creates another fund uh, that will allow us to expand technical assistance, market access, and potentially land access to farmers. And that's the beginning of, of another stage, if you will, in our efforts to be a more equitable and fair USDA. Is there a mechanism for accountability in all of this? Because this is quite a bit. Well, clearly they will see that this is a promise that's being kept because they're going to get the letters and they're going to see the debt relieved and they're going to get the checks to provide assistance on the taxes. They're also, I, I, I believe, will see uh, us utilizing the additional resources under the American Rescue Plan to expand that technical assistance, uh, market access and, and, and land access uh, so they will see direct results from the American Rescue Plan. Now, we're also conducting an internal review of our um, activities and our, our services, our procurement policies and so forth at USDA at the direction of President Biden uh, to remove any systemic barriers that may exist that may, have, that may create difficulties in the future. So we're going to take an, an internal uh, critical look at how we do business to make sure that we aren't making the same mistakes that were made, we aren't uh, uh, providing for the same conduct uh, or allowing the same conduct uh, that caused the discrimination uh, before. Well, some will say that because of your own history, particularly the incident with the firing of Shirley Sherrod um, after she was smeared, that there are some critical you know, internal looks at trust that you should put on, you know, that need to be remedied even in your own background? Well, uh, <laughs> the situation with, uh, with Ms. Uh, Mrs. Sherrard is a complicated one. Um, and uh, the reality is I've got a good relationship with uh, Mrs. Sherrard. We, we, we worked together uh, during the Obama administration to expand opportunities and access for markets uh, for black farmers in Georgia. Uh, she was at the event uh, over the weekend in Georgia where we discussed and announced the launching of this debt relief uh, effort. Uh, and we'll continue to work with Shirley and her team uh, to expand opportunities uh, in, in Georgia and around the country. Now, are there, are there a lot of Black farmers and organizations and advisors like Ms. Sherrod included in your inner circle as you travel the country? Well, uh, when you say inner circle, um, the deputy, <laughs> deputy secretary, Dr. Jewel Bernal, is the first African-American woman to serve in that capacity. I also have, for the first time, a senior advisor for uh, racial equity in Dr. Dwayne Goldman, and a number of our senior appointees are African-Americans who are providing help and assistance. Monica Range is our, currently our Deputy Assistant Secretary of uh, Civil Rights. 
um, and we have a number of uh, of critical staff folks that are that are African American. So I, I am I have got a very diverse and one of the most diverse uh, senior executive teams uh, in the federal government. And I frankly I had one of the most diverse senior executive teams in the federal government during the Obama administration as well. Mm. So they're getting the word out to these farmers and ranchers. They're sending out the letters um, that they've, they've been sent out. And what's the response rate been so far? Well, the letters are going out this week and next week. Uh, so it, it will take some time to gauge the response. But the, the key here is we know who these folks are. Uh, and we also know where, they, because they did business with the USDA, we know exactly where they are. And so our expect is that we're going to get quite a few of the other letters back very quickly. We think over a period of probably 90 to 120 days, most of those direct loans will get paid off. Uh, there may be a few stragglers, but uh, we'll make, make sure that we reach out to those folks. Then we'll work on the guaranteed loan uh, aspect of this. And I should also say on the accountability side, that in addition to the internal review that's being done, we're also going to have an equity commission uh, the law provides for resources for the development of an equity commission, which will be outside experts taking a look at activities within uh, USDA uh, to make sure that we identify uh, areas that might be problematic and try to resolve those areas as well. Yeah. Now, how do you how do you know who all of these farmers are? You said some have had dealings with the USDA, but there's probably a lot of small farmers out there. Um, how do you know who they are so you can get the word out? Let me make sure that everybody understands. The debt relief is designed specifically by definition, by congressional direction. We are relieving the debts of farmers who have done business with USDA, who have gone into a USDA office, have borrowed money from USDA, or have asked USDA to guarantee a loan that they have with their local bank. So those people are identified. This is not a situation where this is a debt forgiveness for all Black farmers. It's, it's for Black farmers and Hispanic farmers, socially disadvantaged producers, who have done business with USDA. The second piece, the piece of technical assistance, uh, the piece involving market access and land, goes to a broader uh, question and a broader audience of socially disadvantaged producers. And there, part of what we will do is work with community building organizations that represent the interests of those farmers uh, to to get the word out, to to make sure that the technical assistance is, is being provided to make sure that folks are, are aware of the various programs at USDA and have access to those programs, uh, to look for creative ways for us as, as a procurer of, of goods to be able to utilize those socially disadvantaged producers as uh, uh, creating market opportunities for them with how we purchase uh, food, for example, for our emergency food programs um, and things of that nature. Now, it has had challenges, this relief, though many of the disadvantaged farmers are saying about time. Uh, in Congress, you had uh, 49, I think, Republican senators voting against it. And then there's been pushback from some white farmers, as well as banks, concerned about uh, the early loan payoff, that they're going to miss some interest income. So how would you answer those objections? Well, uh, let me start with the banks first, because that's the simplest one to respond to. The, the banks have basically, in many of these loans, if not most of these loans, have inserted a prepayment penalty. Uh, and so basically under the terms and conditions of the loan, if the loan is prepaid, if it's paid off before its due date, uh, then the borrower has a responsibility of paying a certain percentage. It might be 3% of the loan, might be 5% of the loan, in addition to the principal and interest that they owe. So we at USDA will be paying that prepayment uh, penalty. So banks are going to receive an upfront cash payment from the USDA in addition to the principal and interest. And 
they calculate their risk of prepayment and they establish a, a fee uh, to basically offset whatever lost opportunity they uh, claim they may have. Secondly, banks are able to take the money that we are providing them and repaying the loan and lend it out again. And so the challenges and opportunities are that these banks may be able to have a higher interest rate for some of these loans than they would have had uh, with, the, uh, with the current loan. And then finally, uh, when you have a loan portfolio, we have a loan portfolio at USDA that's fairly significant, there is always the risk that some people won't be able to pay. There's always that risk of non-payment. Well, when we have uh, the commitment to pay off these loans in full, we've eliminated that risk for the bank. So they've got the benefit of the prepayment penalty, the benefit to relend the money, and the benefit of no risk of, of default or foreclosure. Uh, on the issue, issue of white farmers, uh, it is important uh, to note that, that this was part of the American Rescue Plan, which was directed at helping uh, provide assistance with COVID relief. Now, what's the connection between debt relief for farmers and the cumulative effect of discrimination and COVID? Simply this, uh, when previous COVID payments were made to farmers across the country, the, a significant percentage, uh, some studies say 95%, some studies say as high as 99%, but most of those billions, tens of billions of dollars went to the benefit of white farmers. Uh, socially disadvantaged farmers received a very, very small amount. Now, I can give you one example uh, that involves black farmers. We know from our records that 25% of the farmers receiving COVID relief payments self-identified in their dealings with USDA as to what their race and ethnicity was. So if you look at that universe of 25% of producers and you ask the question, how much did white farmers in that group receive? How much did black farmers receive, here's what you would find. Now, white farmers received somewhere around five and a half billion dollars of assistance. That's with a B. Black farmers received $20 million. So you can see there was a significant gap, significant difference in terms of the level and the extent of assistance and help that went to white farmers versus black farmers. So the debt relief is a way essentially of acknowledging that gap and beginning the, uh, the uh, opportunity of, of closing that gap and basically creating balance, if you will, more balance, if you will, in terms of COVID relief. So you're getting that messaging out there. Um, so do you know yet how many direct loans have been identified for debt forgiveness? Uh, 85% of the loans uh, are direct. Uh, we, we, we think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 13,000 or so loans uh, and several thousand uh, loans on the guaranteed side. Okay. Right. Um, I always ask folks, and this is an issue that is kind of complicated, but um, so what question have I not asked that I should have because there's uh, you want to go into it further and there's some things you really need to say on that issue? Well, I think we really covered it. I, I think it's important to note and to re sort of emphasize, if you will, the fact that this is the beginning of the be beginning. It's not the beginning or the end. It's the beginning of the beginning that it's important for us not only to review our programs and make sure that we uh, become a fair and more equitable USDA, but that we utilize these resources from the American Rescue Plan. And I hope and believe that we will see an American Jobs Plan and an American Families Plan that will also provide not direct assistance to black farmers, but certainly opportunities for socially disadvantaged producers to benefit from both of those bills as well. Um, that we, we take full advantage of this opportunity to begin to rebuild 
uh, if you will, or not even rebuild, to build a level of trust so that people do feel comfortable doing business with USDA yeah. uh, and feel that they're welcome when they come into a USDA office. So how much are these loans worth? Um, estimate roughly $4 billion total. The total is $4 billion. So do you know what the range is going to be as far as how much these loans are worth for the individual farmers and farms? Uh, I don't have that specific statistic, but I, but it's but it is fair to say that there is a fairly broad range of, of uh, debt that farmers incur based on the size of their operation. So we may have someone who borrowed $50,000 or $100,000. We may have someone who borrowed several hundred thousand dollars. So there's a, a significant range between them. Uh, and Congress has basically given us very specific directions. They want those debts paid off. Uh, and we are certainly... Uh, uh, complying and implementing that program as Congress has designed it. And, and it's very important for, for, for folks to know that Congress was very specific about this. They, they identified socially disadvantaged farmers based on a 1990 law that defined it in terms of ethnicity and, and, and race. Uh, so they were very specific about who they wanted to help and very specific about the nature of help uh, that they wanted to provide. Yeah. And one thing, you know, as I said, so many uh, African-Americans do have this sense of loss because there was they lost so much in the last century. Um, have you talked to some of the farmers on just how what this means, in a sense, uh, because so many can't get that back? But you, there's such a few percentage of farmers now in the United States are African-American and socially disadvantaged. So um, do you talk somewhat to them about what this means? Well, we've had the opportunity, obviously, uh, throughout the first three or four months of this administration, and, and frankly, during the eight years I was secretary before, to speak to quite a few farmers, uh, socially disadvantaged producers. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they are, I got the sense from the discussions uh, over the course of the weekend when I was in Georgia and South Carolina, that people appreciate this. They recognize it as a first step. Uh, they don't think it's the be-all and end-all uh, of the mm -hmm. issues. Uh, and I think it, it's, it's incumbent upon us at USDA to uh, continue to build on this good, positive momentum to mm -hmm. create that level of trust, ultimately, that leads to people looking at USDA as a place of fairness and equity. So uh, does, an does an apology come with the loan? Uh, well, I, 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 we certainly apologized uh, during the course of the Pigford discussions because we acknowledged in that circumstance uh, specific acts of discrimination in terms of the settlements and payments that were made, not just in Pigford, but in Keepsigle and Garcia and Love. Uh, these were, frankly, uh, class actions and claims that had been lingering for 20, in some cases, 20 years at mm -hmm. USDA. Um, so, I, I, you know, certainly uh, there is an acknowledgement, an apology, a, 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 a feeling of responsibility uh, on the part of everyone who works at USDA uh, to create this level of trust and to create a USDA that is fair and equitable. That's the goal. And we're going to work very, very hard to make that, to reach that goal. Well, I appreciate your explanation, uh, your ex explaining this and coming on to equal time. Um, because it's an issue that I think is very important, uh, and we don't hear enough about this, uh, about that connection to the land and and how so many people want to share in that, uh, and socially disadvantaged farmers as well. Well, you would hope that everybody would be, uh, regardless of where they, they how they look at this particular debt relief issue, you would hope that everybody would be supportive of keeping people on the land and encouraging more to 
to have the opportunity to be farmers and ranchers. I mean, we've seen a significant decline in the number of farmers and ranchers across the board uh, over time. And, and I think there is a, a desire on the part of many in the country to reconnect with the land and hopefully USDA can facilitate that. And you'll be getting that message out, not only to socially disadvantaged farmers, but to some of the white farmers who seem to maybe not quite understand how important it is for everyone. Happy to happy to do that. And uh, there was an editorial, I think, recently, USA Today, that I, I, I authored uh, that basically conveyed that message. Great. And now you've, you've conveyed it to the listeners of Equal Time, so I really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. This conversation with the Secretary of Agriculture hit home for me. Even though I'm a city gal and my family is removed from the land, both my parents had roots in St. Mary's County, Maryland. My dad was actually born there. And I still remember those family reunions every summer. The feel of sticky tobacco on my hands. We would visit and I loved it. The way food tasted like food. The eggs, the chickens the first sausage, going from house to house and playing with my many cousins, the way my mom, who had five kids, was considered a shirker, because these were some big families. My Aunt Mary, who rejected the modern house my Uncle Louis built her, because she preferred her modest home with the wooden stove, and we loved it and her. So many African Americans have these memories, have these roots, And so many of us have the feeling of something lost. Thank you for listening to Equal Time. Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.